Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of the Tech All Podcast, your destination for the coolest tech news and events. I'm your host, Cameron, and I have with me my friend Joshua. Howdy. So, a little bit of background, since this is the first episode, we are just a few college students in New Mexico that have a passion for tech and just wanted to talk about it. So, with that, let's go ahead and just jump in. Today we're going to talk about the lovely Google event that was highly anticipated for quite a while. Uh, Josh, did you actually watch the whole thing? Yes, I did, actually. Um, From beginning to end, it was a very... It was an interesting event, to say the least. It's very... It was very software-based, and I kind of appreciated that with some really cool hardware coming out. Yeah, the software was very nice, especially after seeing um, Apple's uh, iOS 11 launch. It's been pretty bad lately for most phones so it's good to see that uh, google's taking a big step up with their software um their software functionality yeah mostly their all their ai all everything about that their virtual assistant everything it it was just phenomenal it it's a great leap for pretty much artificial intelligence absolutely And, and i mean to start off we'll go ahead and talk about the software um, one thing that really caught my eye was that they finally showed a little bit more of the Google Lens, which was pretty nice. Um, normally, I mean, we haven't really heard anything about Google Lens since Google I.O., so it's nice that, and that was back in May, so it's nice that they finally showed something off with it. I mean, uh, for people who don't know, Google Lens is a software feature on the camera, which is right now exclusive to the Pixel devices that you can take a photo of, say, a piece of art or a book, um, and it will tell you who made it and what it is exactly. Um, Very limited, actually, in what it can do, but the full scope of the project is that you can take a photo of just about anything, and the assistant will be able to tell you. Uh, So what are your thoughts on that? I thought that's that's pretty groundbreaking, because I know, for one, that I see something... I have no idea what it is. I kind of want to explain it to my phone, but with this, you can just pretty much take a picture of it, snap it, be like, oh, great. Yeah, you have it right it there. It, it's great. It's a huge leap forward for search technology. Um, it is pretty much in beta works right now. I mean, it's pretty much in the first phase of just trying to implement and gather resources for it. But you know what? Props to Google. Because they're doing some really great stuff in that regard. Yeah, and it, it reminds me a lot of the Amazon Fire Phone that came out a while back. How <laughs> um, dare you speak of such things? <laughs> yeah, nobody likes to talk about that anymore. That's a dead device. Um, but one thing that was different about that was that this was that was more for um, shopping based through Amazon exclusively, and you know this isn't really. It's not exactly new technology, but Google has refined it enough that it, it seems like it's a viable option to, for people to actually use on a day-to-day basis. <coughs> Apple products. <coughs> yeah. <clears throat> if only Oof. Apple would actually implement anything like that. They just got a QR code reader for their camera. But that's, that's, that's a story. That's a whole thing. other thing on another podcast, but tonight. Absolutely. Going all Google. With and with the Google Lens, um, they didn't really talk about much other than AI and machine learning. 
Um, I didn't really pay too, too much attention to that. I was focused mostly on hardware. Um, Ooh, you missed out a big key implementation there, fool. Have anything specific that caught your eye with software? Well, pretty much there are a lot of things with Google Maps, with automated driving, just how how refined their machine learning has been so far has been it's phenomenal i mean accuracy and everything it it's just getting better and better and that's that's exciting mm -hmm. because this is an actual giant that's actually trying to push towards innovation instead of refining something that's already there so they're creating new newer newer things while refining on the old stuff that they had already and that's that was pretty that's pretty top notch on google's part that's for sure yeah we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back and we are back so in the first uh part of the episode we talked about the software so we're gonna go ahead and move over to hardware for a bit um first starting with the google home mini um it looks like a fabric chromecast more Basically. or less. It's... I like the design, personally. It's very just... It's minimalistic, and I like that for... It could go anywhere in the house and be like, oh, wow, what is that? Yeah, it's, it's not a, like a total eyesore. It's, it's very home decor-ish, mm -hmm. which is nice because most products like the Amazon Alexa that it's competing with, um, you know, it's competing directly with the Echo Dot. That looks pretty bad in terms of... Ugh. It it looks like it's a tech product, which I like this new trend that Google and somewhat Apple has been uh, reaching towards is they want to make their tech products look like it belongs in the home, not just uh, like, oh, yes, this is absolutely only a tech product and that's it. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I feel like the mini would be better suited in like bedrooms, mostly. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really see it as a living room centerpiece type thing like i feel like because of its small compact size and its functionality it, it's perfect for like bedrooms guest rooms etc etc and yeah i mean well i mean because i have two i personally have two google homes i have one in my bedroom and one in my kitchen now i could see this getting this for like my sister or my mom and getting it to put it in their room so that they can access the same functionality but without having the uh you know $120 full size speaker. Mhm. Mm um with this being only $50, uh that's a pretty good price point that competes directly with the Echo Dot and you have a, I believe the same full functionality as a full sized um Google Home. Uh yeah, it's it's everything the Google Home is, except in a smaller form factor. I mean, speakers probably won't be as loud or mm -hmm. anything in that regard, but it's more or less the same functionality for, I'd say, smaller areas. Like I said, bedroom, etc. Um, I just like it. It's, it's a really intriguing product, I'd like to say. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do enjoy the compactness of the device itself um one thing that i don't like about as much about the original google home is it's it's not very big to start off with but it's kind of in a cumbersome area you have to have it plugged into the wall and you have to have it in kind of like a little corner area otherwise it kind of sticks out and you don't want to get it ruined or anything like right now 
in our kitchen, it is set between our blender and uh, our knife block, and it looks a little awkward and out of place. Whereas this little one, you know, if if it were to be in the kitchen, it would fit a little bit more nicely because it's smaller and just that much more compact. I believe they said it's about the size of a small donut or so. So that's that's a pretty nice size. Yeah, it it's perfect form factor. I lo- I really enjoyed that mesh. It's. I don't know about it. What about it? It's just, it's so simple, but it's all the functionality of the original Google Home, just redefined for just better home decor, I guess you could Mm. say. Um, Do you know if they said that you could uh, chain them together to create uh, sounds? They made, what was it? I don't know much about Android here. I'm a hardcore Apple user. But they had like this app that connects all the Google Home devices mm-hmm. in one. I don't know the full name. Of it might just be under the Google Home app itself. Yeah, um, we'll go more into details about that on our more refined podcast about the products. It's just a basic overview of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it's pretty impressive product that I actually am willing to dish out 50 bucks for. I really want one now. Yeah, it's it's definitely intriguing. And when we talk about the Pixel 2 segment, we'll also go in how um, when you do buy a Pixel 2, you get a free Google Home Mini, which works out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So That's we will, pretty awesome. Yeah. So we will go ahead and take another quick break. We will move on to the next section in a moment. And we are back, and we are moving on to part three, which is the Google Home Max. Um, it's a glorified HomePod, I think. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's four hundred dollars for a giant speaker. It's got yes, it's a it's got custom custom speakers inside of it, but it's it's pretty much what you're pointing out. It's an overglorified smart speaker. Yeah, for four hundred dollars. I kind of like it, personally. When you look at all the different speakers you have on the market, from, what, Apple's Pill? HomePod, that they're coming out with. Well, Pill, HomePod, everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This will, in my opinion, probably blow all that out of the water. Well, I mean, these both both the HomePod and the, the Google Home Max have somewhat of the same functionality that being that uh, or being that um, they have a, a voice assistant inside of it that will do what you want the Google Home Max obviously has more functionality being that it's Google and you know you can have access to YouTube and Spotify and everything else whereas the HomePod you can use I believe only Apple Music at the time at, at this point um, with the voice commands. So, I mean, that that is something definitely to consider. I mean, I myself don't use Apple Music. I use Spotify and YouTube Music. So, obviously, my natural choice would be to go for the the Google Home Max. But at that price point, that's kind of a tough sell for most people. I mean, Apple's been getting away with it for years. Now, I guess it's Google's turn to, you know, up the ante, say, 
justify, oh, this is $400 worth of tech right here. It'll be worth it for a huge living room setting, whatnot. I just, I just like that Google ecosystem, that all that stuffed in to this very beautiful speaker. I love the design, by the way. Um, it's just better implemented because Apple still has a lot of catching up to do in this regard. Um, Google pretty much has everything set. It, I mean, why not? It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it is a, a very good-looking device. I absolutely prefer the look of this device to the HomePod. I mean, the HomePod has that strange little light at the top. It's supposed to resemble Siri. Yeah. But, I mean, this this looks like it's an actual speaker, which is what I, I like about Google's new design language. You know, like, like it's like we said with the original Home Mini um, back in Episode 2, that we... we we like these things, you know, they, they, they flow together. They look good. They, they look like they belong in the household, which is not something that most, most places will do. And, you know, like, like this, this speaker set is not going to replace like a sound bar. You can't connect it to a TV or anything like that. You can connect it to, I believe an audio jack. Yeah. Um, if your phone has one, <laughs> fair um, point. But, I mean, Pixel's going to come with the little dongle thing, which we'll get into in the Pixel section. But otherwise, um, I don't know. It's I feel like their marketing campaign for it also is going to impact sales because that, that pretty much sold me is how they're marketing all these products. It, they pretty much took pages from Apple's playbook mm -hmm. and pretty much made it their own. And they're doing a really great job at it because coming from a hardcore Apple user, this is these product lines, everything they're doing is making me want to switch to Android to get into that ecosystem more than the Apple ecosystem because the Apple ecosystem has been just stale. It's been stagnant for a while. Oh, it's, it's stale. It's old. It's not getting any better. Google is coming out with all these flashy new tech gear that's just blowing my mind. It's it's remarkable. I, I'm enjoying what Google's doing, and I think it's going to help motivate Apple to actually step up their game a little bit, which is huh, far cry for a Apple user like me to say. Yeah, and I mean, one of those products that we're about to get into in, here, in a few seconds is the Google Pixel Book, so stay tuned to that and we'll get right into it. And we are back, so we're going to talk about probably one of the, my personal favorites, the Pixel Book. <laughs> Josh does not like it. No, it's my second least favorite thing from this whole presentation. We're not even going to talk about the first, though. But <laughs> it's not worth it. I don't even like it. Oh, I'll brush, I'll brush upon it. Trust me. I mean, I've, I've always had a fascination of Chromebooks before. I think they're fast. They're light. I don't understand the pricing, though. $1,000. So for, so for people who don't know yet, this Chromebook, or the, sorry, this Pixel book is a glorified Chromebook that runs Chrome OS um, where you can get Android apps on it, which is 
pretty neat, but it doesn't justify this price tag. It is a thousand dollars starting off for this Chromebook. Um, yeah, within the te- within the uh, uh, accessory of a pen from Wycom that is a hundred dollars. So you're pretty much getting the <laughs> Google's version of the iPad Pro, the plus size version, but worse, and an Apple Pencil. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty sad. It's I feel like in that price range, it's trying to be the new iPad or not iPad Air. My bad, the MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. It's trying to be that so badly. I mean, and with it's got such limited functionality because one thing that w- that was pretty interesting about Chromebooks was the fact that they were allowing Android apps to run. You know, you could you could download them from the Play Store and run them like actual apps, like it was on Android. Um, but for the longest time, it was not working, and you know, it's finally come out of beta with this product. But I really don't see it being worth that thousand dollar price tag. I mean. I mean, okay, so let's talk about the build first. The build looks amazing. I love that gl- that ha- that part glass, part uh, aluminum build design. And, you know, it's it's very very thin. It it's got a, a little soft touch rubber on the palm rests that also act as feet. So when you fold it into the three sixty degree, it you know it has something to to rest on. And you know the build quality looks looks great. I heard that the keys travel a lot faster and better than the um, MacBook Pros of whatnot, where they have the butterfly mechanism, <laughs> while still having you know it's it's pretty small key travel. I mean the thing looks great. It's got a t- it's got a touch screen. Um, it looks good, but that price tag is just not as good anywhere else. It's just trying to be. The Surface laptop, the new Dell laptops, that's a two-in-one, it's a, it's a tablet, it's a laptop. But for $1,000, not Microsoft, or not Windows in any way, its own proprietary OS that's glitchy at best from past products, it, I don't see it justified. It's not justified in any way. It wants to be the new macbook air that's all it's trying to be but it's it's just not worth it not worth it especially considering the macbook air is a full full laptop you could run windows you or yeah you could run boot camp you could run microsoft word etc um the one detail that's troubling me is that i want to know what is the what's the hardware components in it what's the cpu oh i'm i'm happy it's an i7 and an i5 what cues what versions is it does it justify the thousand dollar price tag i don't know they didn't tell me and i tried looking it up it doesn't show any detail and that part just clouds my opinion about it absolutely and i mean a MacBook Air is pretty outdated as it is right now. Um, you know, you don't have an updated ret- uh, Retina display. You know, you have pretty the pretty slow hard drives. It's not even an SSD anymore. Um, I mean, all these things like yeah, you said it's it's got the i seven and the i five processors, but it's just so expensive. To it, I don't I don't see 
the justification for that price. Exactly. So, but I mean, those are our thoughts. So let's, you want to just dive into the Pixel? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Okay, let's talk Pixel Woo! 2, specifically. Woo! So, I think these are great upgrades, except for one thing. Two things, actually. The bezels on the Pixel 2 are crap. Not the XL, the, the 2. I understand that they have front-facing speakers, but come on. like The bezels, that's, that's 2015 bezels. Those are, those are iPhone bezels, but worse. Please, it makes the iPhone bezels look tiny it's ridiculous it's awful awful design for the smaller pixel and they decided to go the apple route and not include a headphone jack which which is funny because that is something that they made fun of apple for last year with the debut of the original pixel they said in their yeah in their slideshow uh headphone jack surprisingly not new and now they decide oh you know what uh we're going to get rid of that. That's a little ridiculous. And to make matters worse, the the dongle, the the headphone, the uh, 3.5 millimeter to lightning adapter that comes with iPhones is 10 bucks if you lose it. Um, the one for the Pixels, that is the USB-C to 3.5, um, that's $20. It's woo, Apple woo. That yeah, that, that's that's ridiculously expensive. I mean, these phones are gorgeous. They have beautiful looking screens. Um, you know, I mean, let's we'll talk about the let's talk about the 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 one that everybody has on their mind really is the Pixel XL. Um, gorgeous. Very good looking. I love the color schemes. The black, uh, the black on black is nice. I like the panda look on the black and white. But I'm not really a big fan of the accented button. I wish they would have had that like a different color um, than what is it, orange? I believe. I mean, if they're for the white um, Pixel XL two, I swear, if they're trying to go, oh, it's an Oreo thing because our new OS is or iOS is Oreo. <laughs> Come on, that is an ugly design in my opinion. It should have just been straight solid white, look good, look sleek, but black and white, come on, man. I mean, the the silver Pixel from last year was probably one of my favorite looking devices, and it's probably one of the only devices that I actually like that is silver. I mean, I like I liked how it was polished on the sides of the contours and everything, but I mean, this this year the colors look a little... They do look a little off, and but one thing that is nice is that they do have a upgraded battery, which is I believe it's thirty five hundred milliamp, thirty five forty uh, milliamps, um, which is a huge step up. But that's a that's a big jump from the regular Pixel because the uh, Pixel two, the small one, only has the twenty seven hundred milliamp instead of the three thousand, I believe that was in the last year's model. Um, I just feel like the from a hardware perspective, it's pretty much what you expect from a ne your next flagship. It it's the same up upgrades that you expect from phones coming out this year. What separates them from the rest of the pack, though, 
is all of the software implementations. It's beautiful. It's pure Android. It's what you want from an Android phone. Yeah, and one thing that does um, is a pretty big selling point is that this is stock Android the way that Google believes it should be, and it is optimized. The Pixels have always, like, from the first iteration, it has been the iPhone of Android, essentially. It is optimized to the bone for speed, for, for uh, performance, and everything else in between. And, I mean, when I had mine for a brief few months, it was the best Android that I've ever had. I've never had any issues in terms of software for running it. And, I mean, I believe that's what they'll do again here. Um, I, you know, we can, we'll probably make a second part. We'll, we'll take a break here in a second and we'll talk about just the software implementations that they're going to do, but overall design and hardware wise, I think they look great. It's it's a nice step up. It does look great, but there are some missing features that I would like to go into also. Um, it's almost perfect, but not quite there yet. Yeah, not, not quite. But let's go ahead and dive into those features. So we're back. Um, let's talk about that camera. Oh boy. <laughs> I I am a strong believer that the iPhone, sorry, not the iPhone, the Pixel cameras were the best last year, without a doubt. And, you know, the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus this year have a DxO mark of, I believe, 94 total, um, which is the highest that they've ever, that it's ever been, like, has ever been given to a smartphone. But Google has beaten it already with, I believe, a 96 or a 98. I honestly don't look much into that whole scale right there. It's... It's nothing to go too much off on. I mean, yes, it may have got that scored last year, but compared to the image stabilization from the iPhones last year and the Pixel last year, it it's close. I mean, you got to have a very detailed eye to even tell the difference between those two. So that part just, it made me just, eh. Like, well, I mean, it's also a fact of, how well they that the processor compose or composites the image because one thing that was really nice about the pixel from last year was that they the, the camera itself took good photos in motion and like you know in low light and with colors and you know one thing about samsung cameras that a lot of people like is that they oversaturate their images a lot they make those colors pop almost too much um which I'm, I mean, you know, it's it's okay. It's a preference. I, I personally like it sometimes when I'm taking a photo of, you know, a human subject. Um, but whenever I take a photo of, like, a landscape, I like those softer colors most of the time. And the Pixel does a good job of that. I mean, I'm no professional photographer anything. To me, as long as the picture looks good, it looks natural, it looks refined, crisp, it, it's a winner in my book. Samsung products, their pictures just downright don't look. They, they, over, they tend to overblow. It just doesn't look natural to me. I never did like the cameras on a Samsung, no matter how hype they try to make it. For many years now, iPhone cameras have been top, top tier. 
by far. The, it's nice to see the Pixel finally give Apple a run, run with their money for the camera. That that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Well, I mean, especially since now a, a big feature last year with the iPhone Seven was the portrait mode for the back facing camera. Um, now the way they did that was they had two cameras, and this year with the Pixel Two, they've managed to do the same feature with one single lens um, by making each pixel technically two pixels. So they're only instead of being you know, a few millimeters apart from each camera, they're, you know, like nanometers apart. So it's, it's so easily, it's so easy for them to get that, that new focus. And one thing that I enjoy as well is that now they brought that portrait feature, portrait mode to the front facing camera as well. So it's not just on the back, you know, you have to, oh, stand still. I, I got to take a photo of you from the back camera. You can now take it from the front. And I think that's a very, very, you know, that's a solid that's a solid upgrade compared to the what is it eight megapixel shooter on, or front facing shooter on the on the iPhones. Yes, yeah. so eight eight megapixels. Yes, um, I agree that Pixel probably takes the cake for still pictures. For video recording, though, I have to give it to Apple products. They probably make the best videos out of any smartphone on the market. From personal experience of using it. It's just breathtaking. It's beautiful. The optical image stabilization, it, it's top-notch. 1080 slow-mo, 240. Oh, gosh. I, I could go on and on about that. That's pretty remarkable yeah. from, from Apple's perspective. I mean, not to give... I'm going to give credit where credit's due, and Pixel, they, they, they made a top-notch camera. They really did. Yeah, and one thing that's nice is that they also implemented... Both optical image stabilization and um, electronic image stabilization at the same time um, for the devices. So mm -hmm. um, let's see. We should probably get into the earbuds now. Yeah. Oh, great. We're back with the final episode, and we're going to talk about the coolest product of the day. Woo! The Google Pixel Buds. Boo. I love them. One, one thing that... So these are obviously an AirPods competitor. And, you know, one thing I do like with these as opposed to the AirPods is that they, they're not connected by an actual wire. They're connected by the, the, the fabric... Fabric wire, I guess. But it, it goes it goes into the case as well. One thing that was annoying was that with the AirPods, yeah, you get one bud... Um, which is cool, but, you know, like, if you want to listen to both at the same time, you have to have both of them, and then if one falls out, you know, you're, you're kind of screwed. I have this issue all the time whenever I'm at the gym, and I listen to, I have both of them in, and one falls out, music stops, I have to look for the bud, and pray that, you know, some swole dude doesn't come over and just step on it. Um, I mean, it's $150 of... $160. Oh, pardon me. It's $160 that you don't want to lose, so... No. I mean, yeah. The cable's nice. It's, yeah, I, I feel it's nice. Uh, yeah, but I just like how they trinkled it at the very end, like, eh, here's this, by the way. Oh, and one more thing. Clip. 
Oh, we're not going to talk about the clip. Oh, come on. We'll talk, we'll talk about it maybe later <laughs> in, a, in a bonus episode, its own episode. It's called a gimmick. It's crap. One, one thing that I absolutely, is it probably a huge seller point um, for these, these buds to me is the, the translation feature. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who haven't seen it, these earbuds, you're able to listen to them. Or you, you have them connected to your Pixel device and you put them on. And say you go to Russia and you want to talk to somebody, they speak to you and the Pixel phone will pick it up, translate it, and send the send the English into your ear and you just speak naturally and it'll send it'll translate the English into Russian and send it out through the speaker of the Pixel device. So That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty much a way, 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 way better translator for you. It that's amazing. That's finally someone is taking steps forward into this in, in a more mainstream way because yeah. they have they have these things, um, you know, these types of of headphones where you know they translate on the fly, but the fact that you can use your phone to do it instead of having a separate device, um, that's pretty big. That's I'm, huge. That's that's a huge step forward because there is seriously zero to probably few probably zero products that do this this is great considering you could get it right on your phone remarkable props to google yeah i i i props to you i really enjoy this and one one of the features that um i enjoy pretty well is the that you can tap and hold on the right side uh the right earbud and you can talk naturally and automatically summons the assistant but you don't have to wait for like a chime or like a little ding to let you know that it's listening you can just press your button to the ear or press your ear, press your finger to the button and just talk naturally. And that's pretty nice. I mean, even right now with my AirPods connected to my iPhone, I still have a hard time getting Siri to pull up from touch instead of having to say blank Siri, which is a huge pain for me when, when I'm walking, you know, I'm just used to touching and getting the assistant on, you know, my Android phones so I expect the same functionality with the iPhone, but it's just not there. Yeah, Google definitely is light years in front of Apple when it comes to the AI assistant. That, that, that's case in point. Um, Apple has seriously neglected Siri, and it's, it's hurting them. It's, it's showing, too. It's hurting hardcore. And Google's taking advantage of this by showing, oh, look. See, our AI is top-notch best. It's constantly refined. I mean, those are things Apple needs to take to consideration and focus on. Absolutely. They have lost so much sight of that. It's ridiculous. And I'm, again, hoping that this motivates Apple to push forward and actually refine what they have. So yeah, I mean yeah, and you know those those are the the that's that's basically the earbuds. So to close this out, I think Google has a, a very very solid product line this this year. Yes, they do, especially in the home ecosystem. That part really just. It just blows it, away. It it blew me away big time. The entire home lineup, their the 
way they're working with Nest, all that. Just props to Google. Yeah, great job. You know, they deserve all the praise that they're getting right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, oh, they're, they're taking notes from Apple, but there's nothing wrong with that because Apple is the leader of the game right now. And, you know, if you can't beat, if you can't beat them, join them. So why not take the notes from Apple and make your own little twist on them? Like, yes, the advertising is the same, but Apple's advertising is always on point. It's right to the point. It's focused. It's concise. It shows you what you want to see in terms of features. And, you know, that's the way it should be. I don't want to see these stupid commercials about droids anymore, um, you know, with, like, hot action chicks and whatnot. I want to see the features of the device plain and dry. And that's what they're doing now. It's funny that you say um, about that whole copying Apple thing. Well, Android users have been giving Apple users so much flack over the years, recent years. Oh, oh, we've had this first on Android. Oh, we had this first on Android. Well, it's not refined. It's yeah, exactly. Apple takes something that's already there makes it better and google is pretty much taking notes from apple and making it better and that's just pushing towards better products honestly if you take things from one person you just make it better it makes that person want to make their products that much more right if you if you create a product one year software like software based um or a new feature you know in you have it just for that one year but you don't refine it the next uh you're doing things wrong like look at look at apple with their siri well not even siri the 3d touch the first year that that was there it was awful on the 6s i hated it so much it was it was cool that you could touch on things and it was cool inside the apps but the first party implementations were not as good as they could have been and then with i believe it was ios 10 or 9 10 um you know, they added more features. And I was like, okay, finally, you know, this is how it should have been. And that's what Google's starting to do now. You know, they have, they take these features that were features in the past and they're refining them. And I think that's a great step forward of what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Um, Google is really making some exciting products. Um, and I, after seeing the Pixel 2 XL, it's really making me reconsider, do I want this or do I want the iPhone 10? It, and that's great. I'm glad that I have... You want that competition. Uh-huh. I want that, oh, this is an actual product that I may want. Mm-hmm. So prop school on that one. They really showed off their products to it in a way that really makes me want to switch. Really makes me want to try an Android phone for the first time. Exactly. So, I mean, these are our thoughts. Uh, We'd love to hear your opinion. Um, Josh, do you have a Twitter account that you'd like to shout out to? People can reach you at if they have questions or if they want to get a hold of you. At Josh Walkie. You can find me. You're going to find a Josh from Hawaii. Yep, and I am at Riggs Cameron. If you want to, you know, if you have questions, you'd like to call in. Um, We will be doing the next episode soon. We will be comparing... The full devices, uh, mostly the Pixel devices, to the uh, newest iPhones, the iPhone 8, maybe the iPhone 10 if we get a little bit more information.
But yeah, that's welcome. Thanks for listening to our first podcast, and we'd like to see you again soon. See y'all.